0: So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hi, I'm Herb Dean. If you like MMA, and if you like to laugh, check out the One Punch podcast at BT Sport. This is Bruce Buffer. Tune in to the One Punch Pod on BT Sport.
1: Okay, welcome back to the One Punch Podcast. This is Brad Pickett. And with a special guest, I will introduce you in a minute. I've been left on my own. I've lost one of my, I say my soulmates this week. has left me. Bonnie's getting a haircut um, at home. Uh, so, but really, I've lost Brian today, but reporting the producer mikey i'll let you hand over to you mikey to introduce yourself
2: yes well what big shoes to fill on this podcast brian lacy Cappy was i think he what, what what is it it's his birthday he's got some milestone coming yeah, up. yeah yeah i away. think it's
1: his 50th birthday his wife's uh, taking him somewhere hopefully he's nowhere glamorous hope stuff
2: something like skeggy it would be like. out of theme with the podcast so far if he went off on a luxury trip yes so, yeah i'm not so too sure if he that deserves movie. that but yeah, I am uh, I'm the uh, social media producer with BT Sports, so I'll take this opportunity to plug uh follow us at BT Sport UFC and join our Facebook group UFC on BT Sport. Honored to be on the show. Obviously, I've been behind the scenes. This is the first time I'll be on the microphone, but I'm I thought with it being such a good Stockholm card coming up, it would be rude not to, you know, mark it in some form. So, here we're here today to basically have a chat to run through that. And we've got some good interviews lined up as well. We do We have uh, Volker Ostermere and
1: also we have Chris Gold. Obviously, going to talk about uh, two important fights they've uh, got coming up uh, on this uh, weekend Stockholm card. Also, we'll. Um Trying to think. This is me trying. This is this is where I need Brian. Brian, (laughs) where are you, Brian? Out of your
2: element here. This is Brian's specialty. No, we do. We um, we're we're going to be looking at some of some of your experiences in Sweden because you know you had some great moments there. Uh, a couple of performance bonuses there yeah. as well. We'll About, touch on that later. Yeah. Um, and there's also just... The Stockholm cards in general always provide so much entertainment. So we're going to have a look back at some of the best moments. But as I say, two great interviews to listen to as well. So do you want to just dive straight into this uh, this Stockholm chat? Yes, yeah, so we'll start from the, from the top and go down. I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah, We've got Alexander Gustafsson versus Anthony Smith in what is a really, really nice uh, main event for a European card. We're, we're lucky with this one. Basically, the three main fights, the six main fighters are all in real kind of make or break situations here. There's guys coming off losses, tough losses though. Not n- nobody's been embarrassed in any of the recent fights. You're talking about some some serious contenders in the division.
1: Yeah, out, out of the top 3 fights, uh, there's only one one fighters coming off a win, you know, which is it's quite strange when you when you think about that so, so there's a lot of also it's all in the 205 uh, 205 pound division yeah. light-heavyweight division. So there's going to be a lot of movement in one way or the other for these fighters. It's know, kind of so. like a
2: mini tournament. It is. Just being it is, hosted yeah. in Sweden. It's yeah. it's really interesting. Um Anthony Smith obviously we we've last time we saw him was John Jones where it was kind of a weird one because Jones comfortably won that fight but Anthony Smith came out of it with a lot of credit. I think the the illegal knee was what Dana was was you know he i think he said he was proud that he he stayed in there after the illegal knee in your experience have you been there in a point where something's happened and you know it's not like legal and you know that it's in your advantage to not i'm not saying to to get out of there or to quit but you know like anthony smith was in a really really weird position there
1: yeah i mean if- it is a real tough one because it's like you understand that it's not just a sport; it's a business yeah. as well. So sometimes, I I'll be honest. I I see people look for an yeah. easy option. I'm not saying that they're, they're uh, wimps or fakers no. or well, anything like that. It's just like, hey, I could take the easy option. Maybe the
2: fight's not been going well yeah, so far.
1: Exactly. You never honestly, you never see a fighter who's doing well. Get legally shot and then not want to continue. Yeah. It's it's normally the the latter where someone's not doing as well and I was like, hey, this is maybe an opportunity to
2: get a DQ win or or maybe just get a non contest. You know? Yeah. Um, but when you're in there and there's fists flying at your face every five seconds, is, is that on your mind even in the back of it somewhere, or is it? For me, no. Yeah. I mean, like, I would never
1: ever in, in a million years wanna win by the other guy getting DQ. I in my I'm very prehistoric when it comes to yeah. fighting where I, I look at it in a way where I lost. If it was just a fight over the last pig on earth, the other guy would be eating a ham sandwich, you know, so like I, I wouldn't want that at all. So for me, I'd want to strip it all back and have less rules. you know yeah. Like if I get kneed in the face where I'm on the floor, kicked in her soccer kicked, cool. You know, like defend yourself at all times, yeah. sort of thing. And so, for me, is fighting. Um, obviously, you don't want to eye gouge or bite or that sort of stuff. But for me, what getting kicked in the getting kicked in the head while I'm laying down, or getting kicked in the head while I'm standing, getting kicked in the getting kicked in the head, standing, in the head, in the way, head. yeah, it's, you know, it's like <laughs> it's pretty similar, you know. So yeah, so yeah, um, so, yeah I, I, me personally, I, I, once in one of my fights, I got punched. Well, I thought it was, it was weird when I look back at it. I got punched in the eye by Neil Siri, and he hit me right in my eyeball. And I looked away, and I was like, oh, it really, like, really right in my eye. And the ref stopped because, you know, he thought it was a, a, an eye poke. And I I assumed it was because it like, really hurt my eyeball. Um, obviously, I was never going to stop, mm-hmm. but you, you could see where if someone has a bit of an impingement on their sight like, it may be... That's why you have doctors there as well. Yeah. So I'm not saying that everyone who quits is, is them. Sometimes it's the corner. Saying, oh, absolutely, hey, yeah. You know, Someone else like, makes yeah, the decision. So it, can, it can be legitimate injury that stops you. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a very interesting one. Uh,
2: but yeah, I, I I do give Andy Smith a lot of praise. Yeah. Uh, they he, call him Lionheart for a reason. Yeah. There was no way he was yeah. backing out of that. And yeah. He, even as I, I just said a minute ago, the fight wasn't going his way. No. This happens, and he's not even... Like his only thought is, "Let's get back to fighting." Why aren't we fighting? So, yeah. so I think he came out of that one with a lot of credit. Obviously, now Gustafsson is—he's not quite a John Jones test, but this is a huge test for him as well. He's—he's he's going into Sweden, where it's one of these situations where it's a whole country up against him.
1: Yeah, I mean, I fought there a couple of times, and uh I'll say sw- sw- the Swedish crowd is not a case where it's not like the Irish crowd or the Brazilian crowd. Yeah. Um, they're very intelligent, I find them, and it reminds me a little bit like a Japanese. Just sort of this crowd. was going to say, it's really interesting. They, they, they kind of clap and applaud positions and transitions. I have a lot of love for the Swedish fans anyway, and out there and the Swedish uh, things. But you're right, Smith is going to be both of these people. Whoever loses this fight is going to be in a weird, really weird position. Yeah, you know, uh, a long way back. To the top. Yeah, because they're both. Of them, and even whoever wins. It's not exactly they're going to be queuing up for a title shot anyway because they literally did most recent losses john jones so it's not as if yeah. they're going to get that one straight back and even if they did would they want that straight back you know because sometimes you, you may want to correct things a lot more um before you go back and get another shot
2: you know? yeah i think john jones we had him on open mat uh, a couple of weeks ago and he said that he can see Obviously, he's got the Tiago Santos fight coming up, but he said that he could see Luke Rockhold potentially getting the next title shot after Tiago Santos.
1: It's new. It makes sense. And also, it's like what the fans would want to see. I yeah. don't want to see that. You know, Luke Rockhold talks a lot. Of, <laughs> talks a lot. With, so. This
2: is what you teases in perfectly because we're just talking about Anthony Smith. This is weird, kind of Luke Rockhold side plot has come up because at yeah. the press conference, those two just made a beeline for each other. Yeah. So you're thinking if Anthony Smith wins this fight, is the Rockhold fight next for him? Does that mean Rockhold has to wait for the? Title? Should Rockhold even be in the title conversation? Because he's coming, he's coming into a, a, a new weight class. He's he's had some mixed results recently. When, when's,
1: when's his fight?
2: Um, it's Jan Blachowicz. Is that's it. Yeah, that I knew he had a fight. fight yeah, he has to get through that. Yeah, but if he gets through that, Smith gets through Gus. I mean, that's. You've been saying that.
1: Also, how impressive if if. if uh... Luke wins his fight, really impressive, he may, he may bump straight to John Jones yeah. and also sometimes if you just like, he's a clever man. He's, you know, clever man he's a clever man and he man. he plays
2: yeah. this villain role that he's cut out for himself yeah. really, really, really well. He's like the stereotypical Hollywood villain, he's got the looks, he's got yeah. the skills, he's got this kind he of cocky attitude, that's it. He was on the MMA era this week and he said that he doesn't think Anthony Smith is a credible character in The Division and that he's about to get shut down by Alexander Gustafsson. So, I mean, I I think Rockhold's talking in a way that he wants to beat Blackovitz and get straight into that title picture, yeah. but it remains to be seen. And um, then we've got Jimmy Manoa coming yeah. up now. He's in a really really interesting position because he's coming off three losses, but they're not like the Thiago Santos fight is a fight of the year contender. That's one that he came out of with credit, but he definitely he definitely wants to get himself back in that in that win column for this one.
1: Yeah, definitely. Isn't like losing three fights. In a row you know? I mean I know sometimes Some people lose A split decision Yeah You know uh, As in uh, I think Volkman Is in, in that position He lost a split decision And even if you think You won it It's, it's weird How just the opinion Of three other people uh Two people actually Because one gave it your way Two people could change Your mindset Because winning is, is very important Within this sport And also The mental side of yourself You know like Winning breeds confidence Yeah You know So like you need that, so so, I think Jimmy's going to be in this position where he's going to want to win hook or by crook. He, mm-hmm. I mean, look good, great, like he did against the Santos fight. You know, yeah. he look, he looked great. It was he a great, did, yeah. like, fantastic fight. But he needs to win. This is a sport where winners it's go ruthless, in a certain direction and, and losers go in another direction. And also, um, most people uh, are on show and win money, and he's got a family to feed. Yeah. So. That's why sometimes you don't want to leave
2: it to the judges' hands because
1: you know sometimes they could cost you money, you know.
2: Absolutely, and he is coming up against um, Alexander Rakic, who we don't know about, but he train. We don't know a lot about, I should say. Obviously, he's fought in the UFC before, but we do- he's training with ATT, mm. um, and he's another one of these guys that's touted as a, as a dangerous striker in that division. So it's it's not going to be an easy day's work. No, I mean like. A- and that, that's
1: the thing with, with Jimmy. He has very, very good hands, but you know he, he's a little bit susceptible of himself. You know, so he, he, he at the moment he's kind of lost that uh mojo where people are a little bit afraid of yeah. you. Now people are like, hey. I, mean, I, I, I always I said this a few times on other podcasts, I said like a bit like Junior the Santos. You know, he was a phenomenal striker, yeah. but then when he got clipped a few times, people are like, hey. I, I can stand with this guy, and also Diego Barbosa being the same same sort sure. of thing. He's on an eleven fight winning free. Yeah. you know, he, is he, he's in a role, so he, he's gone in there with high confidence. I'm fighting this guy here, you know.
2: It's an amazing opportunity for him, yeah, because yeah, he, 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 as you say, he's on an 11 fight winning streak, but there, there's, there isn't that name that stands out maybe to the casual fan, yeah. Jimmy Manawa solves that problem for Exactly, rapidly. exactly. So, for me, this is a real tough position
1: for Jimmy to be in, uh, and a real tough the struggles with this fight would not be skills it'd, yeah. be, it'd be his mind you know? okay. it'd be his mindset so he, he would need to start the fight stronger and do well if he's I hate to see him you know if his things don't go his way you know it, it, this is going to be real tough on his mental
2: durability this absolutely I think a lot of the listeners to this podcast are going to be hoping that the poster boy can get a win in that one he's not the only English fighter on the card though we have got Chris go. we're going to talk to him in a bit but before we do his um, his matchup with Maquan Amir Khani is a really, really exciting one. Um, it's got fourth bill on the card, which is right, because I think as many eyes need to be on this one as possible, because when Amir Khani fights, I don't think there is a dull fight with Maquan Amir and he's fighting at an SPG and SPG, um, and yeah, he's definitely a fighter for the fans. You know, he's, he's very entertaining, but he has a very good high skill set
1: with his wrestling so with having such a good wrestling base he could be a little bit more flamboyant gives you the confidence yes yeah, it so he's like, oh i could take it down doesn't matter so like yeah that, that's why we, we saw i think it was his debut with, was on the same card as me once yeah away uh, for Andy Andy eight seconds and uh yeah eight seconds and it was quite funny because we we're backstage i uh, know it was on a press conference actually and i remember him saying um someone asked uh because apparently was talk about it being maybe a premature stoppage and he was like would you be up for a rematch uh, kind of thing and he was like what do you want me to beat him quicker than eight seconds you know I'm <laughs> more found, comprehensive I been. found it quite funny you know he, he he's quite charismatic he as well is. You know? he he's good yeah
2: character. Mr. Finland is his persona and he's yeah. this really kind of brash handsome guy as well can't can't argue with that he's definitely got the confidence and John Kavanaugh in his corner as well um, but Chris Fishgold as we say he looked a lot better in his last fight. In Prague he got uh, on the win column. I was in Prague for that for uh, BT Sport and got to interview him in the immediate aftermath when fighters are still kind of trying to register what would happen. And he was actually, he was surprisingly critical and grounded. He wasn't getting carried away with the fact that he'd gotten a win. He was um, straight back to what next. And in fact, we met him in the airport the next day and we were like, did you have a good night out celebrating your win? And he was like, I didn't really do anything. Got up at six o'clock today I went for a run. And we were like, Wow, you know you're entitled to celebrate when you get a win after such a long camp, but he was straight back at it, which I think says a lot for his his mindset. He's yeah, dead, uh, deadly, uh, deadly serious. Yeah, hundred
1: percent. Isn't it? like uh, I think most fighters really. Well, no, I guess not. But a lot of fighters are very critical on their performances. You know, like they could win great, and then they're always looking back. I was I was one of those perfectionists. Very, yeah, you just yeah. want to always you always strive to get better. You know, there's always holes in your game, and you want to make. You you got to think other people are looking at you, so if they, if they spotting things, you know you you go try and correct them yourself. So uh, and normally, if I was injury free, I'm normally straight back in the gym. I I I fought on a Saturday night and been in the gym on a Sunday. Yeah, you know, even with a massive black eye and all that sort of, sort of stuff, because sometimes that's what it is, and you know, uh, it's infectious. You know, when you win, lose, whatever. You just want to keep. You just want to get yeah. better. You know, it's an, a very infectious
2: sport. Absolutely. So. Um... It's definitely going to be an exciting card full of exciting fighters and I believe we are lucky enough to be able to talk to one of them now. I think we have Volkan Ozdemir lined up. So Volkan Ozdemir is on the line. Volkan, thank you very much for taking time at your fight week to uh, have a chat with us here on the One Punch Pod. First of all, how are you feeling coming into this one? Have you had a good camp?
3: Yes, I had a great camp. You know, I've been moving around a little bit. So I've been Turkey, I've been to Norway, and also in Sultanate. So it's been a, a busy camp, you know, a lot of travelling, you know, like trying to find the, the best partner all around the, the place, and I think I, I, I made a great camp.
1: So obviously, um, your last outing against Dominic Reyes on uh, the UFC in London, um, it was a split decision, didn't go your way, it was a fantastic fight, I was there. Um, what did you? What did you take away from that fight yourself?
3: I was really disappointed with the decision. You know, it's uh, I thought that the fight went my way. I made a great fight. I, I hurt him really bad. I broke, you know, the first round. I, I scored points. You know, some, I scored some takedowns and stuff. And um, you know, obviously the the didn't see it that way. So he was I lost on split decision. He was really disappointed. So that's why I wanted also to jump back. You know, back at it. I wanted to to fight again. And UFC Stockholm was uh, my, my my the opportunity for
1: that. I was actually um, in the backstage in the same uh, dressing room as as uh, Dominic Reyes um, when he was getting ready for the fight. And when he came back, he he was pretty surprised that he won that fight as well. He, let's say it was a very very close one. He was very happy he got the win. But obviously now you have Latifi and with Styles, you look at this fight. It's actually a completely different matchup to Dominic Reyes. How do you feel like you match up against Latifi?
3: I think it's a, it's a great matchup, you know. Latifi, like I know exactly how he's gonna come into the fight. You know, he's a he's a he's a he's a wrestler, like really explosive, and he has a, his hands, you know, a few low kicks, and you know, he's been fighting the basically the same way, you know, since years and years. So I think it's a, it's pretty uh, easy for me to you know to to build my game plan on it, and uh, I think he's gonna be a really great fight for me.
2: Um, yeah, and it, it's it's going to be a great fan fight for the fans to watch as well. I think when this got announced, there was a lot of people excited about it. I want to, The main event as well, Alexander Gustafsson versus Anthony Smith, you have experience being in there against uh, Anthony Smith. When you fought him, obviously you would have prepared and, and analysed his game before you went in there. Was there anything that surprised you in that fight once you got in there?
3: So I knew he was somebody that... Uh Really durable, you know. It's it's uh, taking a lot of punishment, but he he he's still there to the fight, and he he was able during his career to to land a, a few of uh, you know late finishes, you know, like third round knockouts and stuff like that. So he's always dangerous even at the end, and I think that's a little bit uh, one of your, one of his strengths. You know, it's really tricky because uh, you, you you might think he's hurt and stuff. But he's still there, you know. Mentally, he's still there into the fight, and he's, he's always able to put it off. So that's also something that I've been experiencing because, you know, I was I was uh, winning the fight all, all 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 along, and you know, as right until the, the 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 last moment. And uh, that's obviously something uh, Garcia will will have to be ready for too.
1: Also on 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 a separate note, obviously now we went to fight week and. Uh, um, we don't we normally chat to a lot of guys after the fight. so This is um, now before the fight. So, how I mean, obviously, it's normal to playing questions in weight cut and all that sort of stuff. But what do you normally do the week of a fight to um, take your mind off the obviously the, the 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 weight cut and the fight itself? Do you try and relax, or, or do you have any certain rituals that you do?
3: No, I actually don't not really think about it too much. You know, I just let the day pass. You know, and go day by day. You know, it's uh, it's uh, obviously. First, the, the 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 arrival at the at the at the office here. You know, you, know, you have to sign post or do some media stuff. Uh, the next day, you have uh, some media. After you have the 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 weight cut, you know, and the the weighing, and then uh, it's fight day. You know, at the end of the day, I arrive during the fight day. I'm like, okay, now now it's time. You know, it's uh, because I'm in the locker room. You know, I'm getting ready for it, and now it's show times. And sometimes, always like. I end up being surprised. Oh, okay. Right now is time to fight. You know, so let's do it. You know, so that's why. So a little bit how it happened. You know, I, I take it day by day. You know, I, I know every day I do my best, and every day I I do what I have to do just so I can be prepared for the big day.
2: And this this isn't your first fight in Sweden. You fought in Stockholm before. What did you take away from the crowd and the experience the last time you fought there?
3: I mean, uh, Sweden was a really uh, amazing. For me, it was my second fight in the UC and uh, my first also European card. So I had a lot of friends coming, you know, to to see me. It was It was it was really nice. The uh, it was a really amazing experience because I, you know, I left the fight uh, un, untouched. You know, like I wasn't hurt at all. Yeah. I had a really great uh, victory, really fast one. And uh, you know, it was it was uh, the whole event was a, was a big party for me.
1: Do you have uh, anything planned after the fight? Is it like holiday anywhere, relax, or do you have anything you like to do afterwards?
3: Yeah, I'm actually, gonna go um, in Thailand uh, maybe two or three weeks to train a little bit, maybe training once a day or or so, and then uh, you know relax, spend spend uh, spend some time in the town, you know, uh, and enjoy. And I think I'm also gonna go four days or five days. Um, Maybe in Central America or South America. Nice. I, I still need to figure it
2: out. So that's what you have planned in the immediate after the fight. Longer term, obviously, you want to get back into the title picture in this division. After a win at UFC Stockholm, what, what do you think? Obviously, we don't want to, want you to look past the current fight that you have coming up. But do you see a picture for yourself to get back in that um, title picture soon?
3: Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I need to build myself back up. You know, I have I've just sort of like three consecutive losses. Now I need uh, a big victory from me right now. Then I I would love to be facing uh, you know one of the one of the fighting. But also let's not forget Manuel Rakic. Rakic is also a big uh, a big uh, up and coming uh, athlete, um, and I think he has a great future. Actually... I've been facing a lot of uh, a lot of people that that been up and coming guys you know and uh, always. Uh, Always really strong guys, so uh, you know I'm more than happy to welcome
2: them. Just what you said there, I thought it was very interesting about being willing to welcome these guys uh, to to the to the title race or or to the division. Often, w- from a fan's point of view, we see fights and we see those as like an opportunity. So Rakic, he's on an eleven fight win streak, but he doesn't have a name like Jimmy Manoa on his record, so he's head hunting there for Jimmy Manoa to kind of make a statement win. When you're on the other end of that, when someone's looking at Volkan Ozdemir as that fight, you welcome that challenge. That's something you look forward to.
3: Yeah, I've always been uh, ready to fight. You know, whoever whoever is, you know, I've I've been I've been fighting. You know, like two weeks notice against uh, the number six in the world for my first fight. You know, and then I've been facing you know like up and coming guys. come here like less than a year after my after I signed. Yeah. So it's, it's a no-brainer for me, you know, it's a, even if it's a tough fight, it's a tough task or whatever, you know, I'm, I just want to be there and, and show everybody that uh, I'm here and I am prepared.
2: Well, that's, that's an attitude I'm sure the fans absolutely appreciate. Um, you said you, you, you've, you've seen a bit of rakic. Are you somebody who does your homework on other potential contenders in the division, even if they're not in the UFC?
3: an eye on everybody because uh, and there is people you know you know you, you know they they're 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 gonna make it you, you see their fight you see who they are you know you you see their mentality and uh there there you know you know you you just have to wait maybe in three four months uh he's gonna be there and sometimes you it's even sooner than later, you know uh, some some people look at me, you know, I have been I've been nowhere. I, I wasn't even signing you see in less than a year I was fighting for the for the uh, world championship sure. so um, there is a lot of guys you know they just uh, appear you you see them and then next thing you know they fight on a, on a paper record or like a, a main card of a, of a fight night and um, you know they're they soon to be going to be facing uh, a top 10 guy a top 15 guy and then uh, it could be you so really soon so that's why you have to keep an eye on people and so you're ready for everything that's going to come to you to, towards
2: you We won't take up too much more of your time in fight week. You're obviously a busy man. Just a big thank you for uh, for coming on to the One Punch Pod and having a chat with us. And best of luck at UFC Stockholm.
3: Yep, thank you so much. I appreciate it.
2: Thank you. Thanks for your time and good luck this weekend. Very nice, very well-spoken man, Volkan Ozdemir. Yeah. He's a very intelligent fighter. I really, really love his uh, his attitude towards fighting. It shines across in that interview there, any time, any place. Also interesting that I I found was that he's he he seems to have a really good grasp on who the who the threats in that division are. He's talking about Rakic and the tools that he can bring to the table. One thing that stuck in my mind when he was saying that was he's like you you always know who's around. It's not always the case. Hector Lombard fought Anthony Smith. And Anthony yeah. Smith's fighting Hector Lombard saying, do you know my name now while yeah. they're up against the cage wrestling? So it's, it's not, it's not everybody's doing that hard work, it, but it he's putting in. It's your part of your job. So
1: it, for me personally, it was my, my job to keep an eye on that division, you know.
2: yeah.
1: Um, uh, but see, like some people, like I mean, remember we had Dan Hardy on the podcast and he said he wouldn't watch the prelims because he, he said he thinks he would have made him a worse fighter for watching right. prelims, but uh, obviously he knew that was stupid now because <laughs> uh, he's an analyst, he, he yeah. he's a very clever man. But you know, for, for me, I, I always watch my weight class, you know, because you always need to have a look what's about. You're just you know. gaining information the whole time, and I'm also with him as well. You know, sometimes when you look at someone in the UFC, not in the UFC, even on a local show. Yeah, this guy's got it, and you could, like you say, you could tell. Even for me now being a coach, someone walks into the gym, I'm like, that guy's got it. Doesn't mean they'll make it, you know? Because but they really, have
2: at that, least they have that, you know, fit, like yeah. if he, you know, can he be nurtured. The, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly that. You
2: know, well, no, that was that was great to chat to Volcan in, in the build up to the fight. We're we're lucky to have another interview lined up. Um, Chris Fishgold fighting at an next Gen in Liverpool. We're excited about him on the phone now. So Chris, uh, thanks very much for taking the time to uh, chat to us on the One Punch Pod uh, this evening. We know you're gearing up for fight week. So straight away, how are you feeling coming into coming into this fight in Stockholm?
0: Uh, you know what? I feel great. Um, this is the lowest I've, been, I've walked around that since I was 21. So I'm only about three kilo of weight as we speak. So um, as a fighter, you know that that's that's amazing. Um, and I, I feel great, full of energy. I can actually eat. Come, you know, the week of the fight. So. Yeah, and um, I feel really confident about where my skill level is at, and um, the strength I've done so.
1: To achieve that, what, what did you change? You just changed your your bit of your lifestyle, or got a new nutritionist on board, or what is do you how say is a big factor of your weight being low?
0: Well, it was it was a bit of um, everything, really. Boy, um, a big change I've done is John Moore's University. Um, there's a coach there called Carl Evans. I've done my strength and conditioning with them. Where like in the past I've done it, and the coaches in the past have been good, not taking that away from them. But um, the stuff that they've got at the university, the facilities, they're the best around. They they can actually you know tell me how many calories I'm burning when I'm lying down over a 24-hour period there. Like where, you you can measure absolutely everything. So I had that to work with. I had that for me diet, and so you know, it just it, it all paid off. I'm lifting heavier than ever and I'm lighter than ever. Um, other than that, just still at me, uh, my gym next generation um, with, the, with the usual lads uh, killing myself day in and day out. Yeah, I you, mean,
1: the science, the science behind the sport now is just getting fantastic, you know. Year in, year out, athletes are just getting a better, better understanding of the body. And, and yeah, so it's fantastic that, you know... It's crazy,
2: isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
1: I mean, like, I, w- I wish this we had this <laughs> back in my day, you know. Back in my day, my my biggest change was not to drink uh, full fat soda and changing to diet soda. Yeah, I was gonna say you you, you was
0: back when we were just all stuff, guys. <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, we didn't have a clue what we were doing. We were just like <laughs> this 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 makes me lose a bit of weight. Let me just like I think I think some people were drinking battery water as well because okay. battery water had no no sodium or anything
2: in it, and it's crazy the stuff people
1: did. Wow, doing.
0: wow. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: So Chris, you're coming off uh, a win at UFC Prague an impressive performance. Has that been different in terms of your mindset coming in? Because obviously you had the loss in your UFC debut, and then you're going into Prague needing to bounce back. You've done that. How much of a weight is that off your shoulders?
0: Um, well, it's so what's crazy. Um, I, I was speaking to John Gooden downstairs before, and I said the same same things. But it, it isn't. It is like go after the loss. I'd, I'd like you know UFC just is I felt I'd done really well until I got caught, but, you know, it is what it is. And then coming in the last fight, although I won, like, I, I was nervous. I had a lot of nerves because I felt like my back was up against against the wall, you know. You lose two in a row in the UFC, you know, that, that phone call can stop ringing sometimes. So I was, uh, I felt like I was in a tough position and I focused more on that than the actual training and thinking about that going into the fight and I, I felt like I gassed myself out in the changing rooms, worrying about what if I don't win this. And, um, although I won, I wasn't really happy with my performance. My timing was off, and, um, my timing was off, and I think a lot of the stuff i done looked a bit sloppy, Me striking and stuff. My just still looks sad, but my timing wasn't there. Um, I feel like it was, like, a higher calibre opponent could have capitalised on that, so I wasn't happy, so, you now after the fight, um, I got straight back in the gym and I worked on everything, like my weaknesses from that fight for this one.
2: I remember you saying to us I- in Prague, we interviewed you after the event. You said that you were, um, you were, you went up for a run the next morning at six a.m. So you were straight back on the grind. It's a quick turnaround for this fight. So when that call came, were you just as soon as possible? Let's get back in there.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. But like, like I said, see, yeah. I was I was up early after the fight yeah. back training straight. So I, um, but yeah. When the phone call um, came, it wasn't. My um, manager messaged me saying have you being to Sweden. I said no. He said, "Well, you're going there. That's where you're fighting next." I was like, sad So I never really had to say it. To be fair, um, I, I was more than made up. Um, more than made up to it. So. Um, you know, we, we haven't got massive careers. We haven't got long careers. So I just want to be, make the most of it while, while I can. And, you know, while I'm still relevant after a win, what not better to get a role, Joe, get a couple of wins, get people talking about yourself. So you're only as worth as much as as um, as much as people want to watch it. And I think if you're constantly staying in, in everybody's eye and constantly fighting, more and more people are going to watch it.
1: But also we're saying this, Chris, I'm right in saying you're 26.
0: Yeah, yeah, twenty six. I'm actually twenty seven next week.
1: Yeah. Okay, just to give you a little bit of an insight, I didn't start fighting until twenty six. Just so you know that. So you got plenty of time, my friend. You're not running against any clock here. You know you have plenty of time on your hands. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Finger, fingers crossed, eh? Uh, like if I can have fights like last time, I'll have a long career. If I had fights like my debut, I could be done in that. couple of years. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're, so, com- you're coming up against a guy at SBG, Maquan Amir we, We've seen him before and we know that he's a very confident guy and he, he likes to kind of wind his opponents up and get under their skin a little bit. You strike me as a type of guy that doesn't really have time for that. Is Has he said anything so far? Have you had any interactions? What's that well, been like?
0: yeah, I was going to say, I, um, I promise, I'm not going to swear <laughs> on this, but um, you can imagine the stuff I want to say about him. Yeah, he started putting up in, um, started putting up all pictures of me and like trying to argue with me. So like, you know, I've got stuff to do. When I go home at night, you know, I want to chill with me two hours and my girlfriend. He's just having an easy life. You know, when he was going home, he must have all he must have been thinking about was me. So he put the first picture up, blocked him. Straight away just blocked him. <laughs> some of his mates, some of, some some of some of his mates started messaging me. I just read the message, delete them, block them. I'm really not too asked about it. I think he tried to get me, but the, then the stuff he was saying started getting more and more aggressive, more and more aggressive. The fact that I went not and I could see it was really getting to him. It was making me laugh to be fair. But so he's he's obviously. I think that's how he tries to beat people mentally. But you know, I'm, I'm from Liverpool. I'm not going to be beaten mentally. But you know, when I see him in this hotel probably later on, I'm going to go up to him. I'm going to put my hand on his shoulder. And I'm going to tell them straight, all them mind games, they don't mean a f- thing. You know, Saturday night, it's only me and you getting in there. And I'm going to make it eat every single one of them eight words. Yeah, that's it, Saturday night. I'm going to shut them up and um, hopefully do everyone else a favour. Because I've heard really, he's like that with everybody.
1: Yeah, well, well I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this fight. When, this is one of the fights I'm looking forward to. I didn't long. think oh, I could God. look
2: forward to it more, but after hearing that, yeah. I'm like, "Oh, yeah. let's get this one
1: going. I want to see. Uh, so you haven't bumped into him yet, no? So so that'd be interesting when you do.
0: Well, to be honest, I hope, um, like I've looked at all those other fights. He comes out as a fast starter, and really rushes up people. But the thing is, um, I I come out really fast as well. And, you know, we um, I think he's going to have a massive cut. I don't think he's going to keep be able to keep that up for three rounds. After my last fight, when I I got tired quite quick, that's all I've been working on my cardio. I know I can keep that up for three rounds? When he's starting tired and his arms are pumped, and you know that I'm going to be shouting in his face, moving forward and just hitting him, hitting him as hard as I can. You know, there's, I said I'm never angry against any opponent. So no, it's just business. It's yeah. It's the, it's the entertainment business, you know. It should be for families. for what you should need all this stuff. What type of role model you are saying to someone, or over, over the internet?
1: Where do you see this fight really taking place? On, on the feet mainly, or, or on the floor? And if so, where, where do you feel your advantages will be on, on the feet or on the floor?
0: To be honest, I think he's gonna like, he's he says I. his was five five fights. Four of them have been a decision, and um, the one not how he does that does have. No disrespect to Andiago, but he's not the best opponent, Joe you know, between us.
1: And that was only like an eight second fight as well, so you can't get much of a read from that.
0: Yeah, you know, it's the look of the draw sometimes, you know. It's it was just one of them, he got caught slipping. But um, yeah, other than that, he's we had the all decisions and a lot of be have been close decisions. He likes to wrestle and grind people out. But saying that he's took a year out since his last fight against Jason Knight and he's been boxing, so he might come out and think he's a strafer. Um I'm hoping he does do that because like, I, I really do want to stand there and make him eat his words. But more than likely, you know what it's like, Brad. People always go back to what they know. Yeah. You probably come out like a boxer, get caught, and you go back to what you know and you'll try and wrestle me and be close and you'll know, be like a rash on me. But that'll suit me as well because like, I'm a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I'm not, I'm not too bothered. Hopefully for the fans, I want to stand. But... If he goes to the ground, you know, he goes to the ground. I can deal with that
2: as well. And what about for you? So you've got, you've picked up this first UFC win. Has anything changed for you since Prague? I mean, in terms of getting noticed around Liverpool a bit more, have you noticed uh, a bit more of a support coming behind you since you've since you picked up that win?
0: I was going to say I bought a new dog, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: the only thing that's What's changed. What's your dog's name? And what type of dog is it?
0: Yeah. So I over the other Chihuahua. Okay. I bought another Chihuahua.
1: Nice, Bambi.
0: nice. Yeah. Trav's
2: a very, <laughs> yeah. very cute little dogs. We need to try and branch off and do a MMA dog podcast. Just we, we dedicated. To. I think yeah. there's a gap in the market for that. Um, and, and obviously, this is this is your first uh, fight on the main card on on UFC. Does that affect um, anything? That, how you're thinking going into the into the fight? Because there will, by default, be more eyes on this fight.
0: Um, no, not not really. Obviously, there's more eyes on it because the main card, but not really. I think that's a lot more pressure on him because. Let like, let's be honest, he's four and one in the UFC, I'm one and one in the UFC. I think he's ranked nineteenth in the like in the UFC rankings, what what I see. Um I think I don't even know where I am. I don't even think just you know, my rankings are playable. I think it's well up there. So I think he's it, it's all the pressure's on him. I've got no pressure. The the only thing I've got in my mind is I'm not even thinking about after the fight, I'm not thinking about before the fight. I'm just thinking about like me on top of them or me knocking them out.
1: How do you picture yourself? So obviously you you want to come away unscathed, and win this fight. What do you see later this year? Um, do you, one more fight, two more fights? How do you see it playing out?
0: Um, I, I'd be happy at the end of the year if I get two more, but not, like I want two more, but I'd be happy with one. Um, after this fight, I want to I want to go away and uh, have, have a holiday and then. After that, just come back and work on, take three, four months working on stuff I need to work on. Um, you know, for me game, it's the elite now, so we need to keep on moving with the times, don't you? And I've, I've got a few things that, like, I wouldn't say the bad, but weaknesses in my game, which I can definitely um, brush up a bit. But, um, yeah, well, I'd be happy with two fights, be happy with one fight. Let's just see how it goes. I don't want to really look past this one. Yeah, of you course. Know, you know, it's like MMA uh, is a crazy sport and crazy things can happen. So, yeah, just um, Saturday, after Saturday night, hopefully we can speak again and I'll have, um, I'll have more of an idea.
2: Um, so, listen, that's that's pretty much all from us. We don't want to take up too much of your time in fight week. Thank you very much for, uh, for taking the time to talk to us and best of luck in the fight
0: absolute pleasure thank you for that I appreciate that
1: thank, uh, thanks Chris for, for coming on also if you want to uh, quickly uh, let people know where they can make reach you on social media
0: yeah that's uh, Chris Fishgold uh, uh, at Chris Fishgold on Instagram Chris gold on Twitter and Chris gold on Facebook nice and easy <laughs> nice and easy all <laughs>
1: straightforward right. all the best for this weekend mate or we'll be watching uh,
0: thank you thank you my pleasure for that.
1: see ya
2: Great to hear from Chris Fishgold. There, a really, really good guy. I mean, I've I've interviewed a few UFC fighters, and I'm yet to have a negative experience really with any of them. But he strikes me as somebody who's just a really, really good bloke. So I'm I'm kind of pulling for him to get the results at Stockholm this weekend.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a very tough fight he has in front of him, one But he knows what you know. When you're in the UFC, you can't pick and choose your opponents. You have to fight the best of the best, and he he'd definitely be up for the challenge. And I'll say he's one of the fights on that card. I'm looking forward to the most, you know, it's going to be
2: a fun scrap. No question about it. I mean, we we talked previously in the podcast about Amir Khan's fights and then you've got Fish God. You just heard how how prepared and ready he is for it. So, yeah, absolutely cannot wait for that. Now seems like a good time to remind people to watch UFC.com on BT Sport 3 HD on Saturday the 1st of June. That's the prelims start at 4pm, so that's nice and early. Even if you're going to watch the Champions League, you can get a couple of couple of fights in first watch it and then maybe get the main event in as well the timings are really really nice it's it's always good when you're not staying up until five o'clock in the morning to watch some fights but while we while we've got this sweden card coming up i think it would be crazy not to uh to quiz you on some of your experiences because you've had some you've got nothing but good memories about uh fighting in stockholm
1: yeah i mean I've had, I've had two fights in stockholm um two and oh i've hit two bonuses you know perfect yes yeah, so, <laughs> Um, surprised you
2: haven't moved to Sweden.
1: At this yeah, stage. no, I, I, uh, I've done a lot. Of tra- I've done some training out in Sweden before. I thought there actually, I, uh, there's a, a guy called Soren Kai and um, I remember him coming over. Well, I was getting ready for my my WC debut. Uh, I was applying for a visa, so I couldn't go out to America to train um, American top team. Uh, I had to do my training back in England So I remember reaching out And trying to find some training partners And there's a a young guy called Soren Kakai from Sweden Says if he flies over Can he get some training and I was like yeah cool He came over And uh, we, we started training he, We, we became good friends And uh, he uh, he eventually went on Vought in Bellator and UFC himself uh, But then what, before when he was getting ready he, he asked me to go over to Sweden And do some training I went to GBG I think it's called GBG in um not, not Stockholm it's in Gothenburg uh yeah I've done a few kind of like you know, I was helping them him and uh, another guy called Akira Kurosani uh get ready for um, a couple of their fights on I think there's a fight a show called Zone I think it was called Zone uh out there uh and I was a great time out in Sweden it's like I just had a lot of fun. It was cold. It was cold. I yeah. can get that. It was cold. But um, I had a lot of fun out there. I've been out there a few times and uh, I fought out there, you know. So I have a lot of love uh, for Sweden uh, and the country.
2: Well, let's start with um, the first one, which is Damasio Page. So yeah. you are coming into that one off the back of a loss to Yeah. Am I right in saying that? So where, and that, and now that, the Boreo was, was your UFC debut. Yes. Wasn't as well. So you took, took a loss in your UFC debut. How meant, what are you coming, what are you thinking coming into that? Well
1: it, it was a tough one Because like Obviously I went into my, my UFC Debut Thinking I'm going to Smoke this kid Even though You know Hand and brow Teachers Yeah Whatever I'm him Because I had that Sort of confidence And when you got beat um, it, it, Like I say It really damages Your confidence And then I'm fighting A guy called Demaster Page. His nickname was The Angel of Death And And <laughs> He was one of those guys He was a very Very fast star And like A uh, very dangerous fight And I was like Oh You know You don't get no easy fights so yeah. For me I, I I was worried about it I, I would be honest I was worried about Every fight I have You always I could fight the dustman And I could look up things think oh, he's got a really good Straight You know You just kind of When you look at people You kind of put them On this pedestal sometimes Yeah um, But when I fought him he. It was actually a really, really good fight he, he came out quite aggressive Like you always do But then I'm like Oh, I don't know He's going to fade He can't keep up this pace And and I, then I felt good And then I felt The tide change I uh, kind of thing Well, not even the tide change I think I was winning the fight All the time But uh, And uh, Yeah, no, I remember dropping him With a left hook And then, then, then I just I was beating him up. If that makes sense, yeah. I was just no I felt, absolutely I really comfortable within that fight. Once, the, once like the first exchanges happened, I'm like, yeah. "Oh mate, I'm gonna win this kind of thing." You, you get that sort of feeling, and, uh, and it's one of those wins as well. I won by rear naked choke, but it's one of those many submissions on my record that I have. Where it's almost as a result it, of it, the work you've it's done. There, them yeah. them looking for a way out. It yeah. wasn't some slick transition into this or you mm-hmm. know. Using my ex guard, or so, yeah, there was nothing flashy about it. It was just me just beating a man up, and for him going, Here, take my neck, or here, take my arm, and get out of there. Um,
2: in that case, it was the huge left hand, wasn't it, that that dropped, him, the and left hook. dropped him,
1: yeah. him? Yeah, I hit him with an uppercut as well. Yeah, I think then, then left hook, and he dropped. Uh, then I started beating him up against the the the, the um, I got a good cross wrist, there, uh, and I started beating him up against the cage a little bit, and then, yeah, then. He rolled over, took his back, started punched him there, and then I'm like, I just like, oh, I'll check him out now if I wanted to. Yeah, that, that's, just, that's the yeah, fun part where you're, are yeah. like this any minute now. Yeah. The
2: ref's going to come in and, and yeah. take him away. Um, so yeah, as I said, you, you were coming off the loss to Hen and Bray, but am I right in thinking that that was fight of the night as well? Yeah, that was fight night I only fought for like Four and a half minutes I think it was and Yeah, I got, I got, got a bonus fire
1: And the funny thing about this one uh, This was back in the day Where um, they didn't have caps On the bonuses Oh wow So they just like This year I mean this one's going to be A hundred grand This one's going to be Whatever They just made it up Okay uh, I, I didn't know That's really Yeah, they, they, they did have caps On bonuses. So basically
2: if you impressed If it's Yeah, it's a bonus but No, no, a... they'll tell you before
1: the Before the event But oh, okay, uh, this right, event yeah. The bonus is going to be this this event so like that for that one i think it was 70 dollars. $70, yeah wow. uh so but i always go back to saying it now listen you could kept that money give me the win All, i didn't care yeah. about money competing you know so no, absolutely don't get me wrong it's a nice cushion to land on you know um but i didn't want the money i wanted the win you mm-hmm. know um but yeah, I'm gonna say no to seventy grand. But, uh, <laughs> Don't know anybody who would. But then, obviously, my second fight uh, was with Demacio Page, and that's when I started bringing
2: the cap in. You know, and yeah, yeah. It was,
1: it was fifty grand, you know. So I got fifty grand on that one.
2: The most that has to be the most disappointed seventy grand. <laughs> <laughs> like I like, You get handed a check for seventy grand and you're gutted. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, I
1: mean, say I always say say to him blue in the face, but I was never in the sport for for, for money. No, absolutely uh, I was in the sport, yeah, you know, trying to achieve and like compete and stuff like that, yeah. And the women, of
2: course, <laughs> yeah. so And all the all the yeah, glory it's that serious, comes serious listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, in fact, we were talking about bonuses. You you had a run of three in a row. So you the the loss to Barrow, fight of the night. The Damasio page Was Fight of the night And I think Am I right in saying That your next one Was another one as well Knockout out of the night Yeah It's yeah, yeah, Yeah So a good little run Yeah I did <laughs> a I was 100% run, win bonus In three fights yeah. And then
1: I had One fight where uh, Against I, I believe it was against Eddie Wineland Which I lost a split decision Uh a bad fight But I think it I do That one And then I came back to Sweden Yes And then I fought um, Mike Easton Mike Easton uh, and that was a really good fight It's one of the fights You know If people go back on Fight Pass And watch it It was actually like a Quite a good fight You know yeah. Mike, Mike Easton was a very tough competitor Back in those days Yeah uh, And it was A one-off split decision I thought I clearly won To be honest um, uh, But yeah it, it, it was a tough fight And that fight really enough Was actually $60,000 yeah. yeah So it went up And the reason People don't know about this because they say the cap was fifty. The reason this was sixty because I think Diego Brandão was fine on that card. And we were backstage when Dana White was giving like the pre-talk and all that sort of stuff. And uh, <laughs> and uh, he goes right because the bonus Is going to be uh, fifty grand for this in that. And Diego goes no Dana, sixty Gs. <laughs> yeah, and then Dana looked at him and goes, all right, what the hell, sixty Gs, wow. is, Dana. And he's like, that easily swayed. Yeah, yeah. that's it. It's fine. It's sixty Gs. <laughs> That's and I, and amazing. that's, yeah, so that's why you went, I think Conor fought yep, that same Yeah, you're kind. right, I was going to say, that's uh, yeah. how I knew the bonuses were yeah. 60 G's yeah, for yeah, that yeah, fight, yeah. that, and that and iconic line. Yeah, so uh, he, uh, he he got he, he got the bonus on that, you know. But yes, yeah, so that's why. So I'll I thank uh, um,
2: Diego Brown <laughs> for giving an extra 10000 Nice one. Um, just on Conor McGregor, obviously, because that was his UFC debut. And when last week after Michelle Pereira's win, we were talking a bit about... Um, the best UFC debuts you'd ever seen, and Connor Connor's name came up. You obviously knew who he was before, yeah. so he, no, I'll he, be honest, yeah. I
1: didn't. I didn't know too much about him. You know, Um I remember him uh when he just signed for the UFC. I remember. I mean, I mean, actually, you know, first time I saw him he was on a Cage Warriors show. Yeah, uh, I can't remember who I was calling. I was calling someone else, and he was in a changing room with arn Loboff back in those days. I, I didn't know who Art Lobov Loboff was back then either. And mm-hmm. I just remember them getting ready. For him warming up And he was full on sparring yeah. and I was like What are you doing mate You know You're not going to make it out To the fight He was full on sparring Backstage Before he fought um, um, Yeah But then he won that fight uh, Then I remember Him and um, On his debut And uh, I remember leading up, hearing a few interviews. I'm like, "Mag, this guy's a bit flash. You know, this <laughs> yeah. guy's, this guy's a bit flash. You know, you better like the fighter in you, yeah, thinking yeah, like, yeah, 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 a little bit like simmer down, <laughs> simmer down. You know, like, uh, but uh, yeah, but like I say, where he's popularity and rose, is yeah, just, not he did just talk it, he, he, he backed delivered, it. and that's 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 why where he grew fast, you know, like real fast, because a lot of people talk smack, a lot of people look good, I mean, they just fight well. If you do both... You, people mate, are going to jump on the bandwagon. You're, you're going to yeah, um, escalate really yeah.
2: quick. I mean, I remember the excitement for me as an Irish uh, MMA fan. Before Conor, I mean, we had Tom Egan on, on that card in Dublin all those days ago, but it was really only... Marcus, the Irish hand grenade Davis, who was an american i mean, I mean he's from maine, and no yeah, yeah no disrespect yeah. i mean he, he was a great fighter in his own right, but there was nobody for the Irish to really get behind, and then we're aware cage warriors we know this guy's making his u f c debut There's a lot of people who are kind of like, "I don't want to get too carried away because yeah. there's not a lot of irish u f c fighters right now tuned in for that fight, incredible performance. Does the 60 G's line <laughs> captures the attention <laughs> of the world and everyone's like, okay, we're in. Yeah, uh, yeah The next yeah. fight was brand out. Yeah, I mean,
1: uh, like, I've never seen like a uh, like a nation really get behind a fight. It was, it, in a weird way, I was not just envious of like how well he was. doing. Yeah. I was a little bit envious with the support he was getting. It, it was it was mind mind blowing, you know. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, I mean, I fought on the same card as Conor quite a few times. Uh, that was his debut. In the next card uh, we fought together one was the one in Boston where he fought Max right, Holloway yeah. Brilliant. Uh, he had a good fight there as well and a good press conference and, uh, there as I, well I, <laughs> I, I, I hit another bonus on that one as well nice. uh, but the, the, actually going back to the, the one in Sweden his debut I remember doing a press conference on that he's actually on his uh, documentary thing
2: oh yeah the Netflix uh, thing, yeah, Netflix yeah. thing,
1: and he's like, he was talking about, but I just I found this, I just found him just so funny, you know, like yeah. how he was, oh, I was on welfare the week before, and all that. I just, I found it, yeah, yeah, he made me smile, you know, he's a complete opposite character to, to myself, yeah. I wish I had the confidence and the uh, bravado to be able to act like he was, absolutely, you know? yeah, but uh, but yeah, so I found him very, very interesting character and he has been throughout
2: yeah, My career, absolutely. You know, I like, mean, obviously now he's at a stage where he, he doesn't really need no, to, he, he simply no, doesn't need no, to no. hype his fights anymore. The name's enough to, to yeah. sell it. But back then, like, I remember even on, like, message forums when he was an amateur fighter, there's still posts to this day of him going on and talking smack exactly the same style yeah. to the fighters that he's, like, over the internet. He's saying yeah. these things. But then, you mentioned it earlier, backed it up every time. Yeah, exactly. That's,
1: I mean, I don't think it's like you see different people che- as, in like, for me, Chelsea, I've known Chelsea for years. I fought on some shows in, in Costa Rica on Bodog. Um uh, he 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 kind of created that character, you yeah. know, that, and it worked very well for him throughout his career. You know, that, that, that WWF kind of character. persona. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. But where Connor's Connor. And I yeah. mean, like, and love him or hate him, you know. Th- that's you, how he love is. Love or hate him, 100%. You're, 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 I mean I got the way you don't even have to look at what's going on, and you hear an interview, you hear his voice, and like you know, he captivates yeah. you,
2: you know, just how he is and when he chats. Yeah, you know, I'm, so. I I interviewed Connor before the Diego Brando fight in Dublin, and obviously like I'm a fan of his. I was going in there, and but part of me is thinking like, this guy is ruthless, and he knows how to like embarrass people yeah. with his words if he wants to. So I'm kind of like a bit terrified going in. He was the nicest guy in the world. He'd like he he'd take he. Poke fun at people in a playful way, but he, he that just made a really good impression on me. I've
1: in that card as well, actually, and uh um in Dublin, yeah. You know, that's when he yeah, head, yeah. Headlined, headlined he's fighting Diego down and Diego is a bit of uh, a loose cannon at yeah. times, right? So, like, <laughs> oh yeah.
2: Talk, talk to me about that because now that I, and I remember as well, he just didn't straight away he didn't like Connor. Brazilians tend not no, but, to. Uh, he, no, he, he not just like did, you
1: know he doesn't like. So I'm talking smack yeah. about him. Yeah, so yeah. like um and Connor really got under his skin. I remember when we went backstage when Dana does the little talk, there was a, like uh there Really, even Diego, then Diego, yeah, with Dana. Yeah, Diego, the Diego started saying some stuff and uh like, Connor started saying some stuff and next to me, you know, that this bottle of water, right? It just flew as hard as you could uh towards Connor's head, just missed Connor's head and it smashed against the uh like these um Metal, no, like you know, get the the food counter, but yeah, yeah, the, the metal shutters. Okay, he yeah. hit one of those. So he made such a noise, so <laughs> and it sounded like he probably would have hit kill Connor And Connor actually, literally, honestly, he was pretty quiet after that He Yes, he went, okay, I'm, yeah, not, gonna, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> <laughs> <gonna, laughs> to poke guy this guy anymore. But, it's yeah. crazy.
2: That's like a, a a prelude to the monster can. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. So a couple was. of years later with Nate Diaz, that's that's mad. Um which yeah, is there anything else? Just obviously because those are your two your two fights in Sweden. Um, is there anything else that that sticks out to you just about about that place? Did you go? Did you have any? Did you celebrate either of those wins, or were they straight back to training?
1: No, um, yeah, well, I celebrated them after like, I used to because it is in Sweden as well. It wasn't that far for a lot of my friends and family to yeah. come over from Europe, so it was great, you know. Uh, so was, obviously, I love fighting in um, uh, in America and stuff, but fighting on European cards. It was just nice for me yeah, having more friends and family um I remember one funny thing is I remember going into a supermarket trying to buy some water <laughs> right uh and they just looked at me and like what are you on about <laughs> and I like, I buy some water you, you do know like it's the cleanest water ever the tap water in Sweden that don't clean, you, need they don't, water. you
2: don't need to buy bottled water so i like oh
1: okay <laughs> yes, I, <remember> <laughs> Thanks, I got back from Sweden uh, about apparently the
2: cleanest water you can have well there you go yeah. we're, uh, we're dropping knowledge on this there podcast you go. as well this week so I think that about does it for this edition of um, of the One Punch Pod a huge thank you uh, for having me on and yes. I hope uh, Brian Lacey you know, enjoyed his time away. Oh, <laughs> um, you say he had a, a
1: holiday accident and he never <laughs> And, and I can do it yeah, every yeah. week, yeah, 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 I'll just,
2: yeah, I'll just stay, fair enough, that works for me. Um, before we go, reminder, UFC Stockholm, Saturday 1st of June, BD Sport 3, prelims are at 4, main card is at 6. You can also catch Inside the Octagon, Dan Hardy does great work on those, ahead of all the fights and um, the first airing that is Wednesday at 9pm on BT Sport 2 HD with repeat showings on Thursday and Friday. Um, And that's not all that's on BT Sport this weekend. There is a Champions League final coming up. Huge thank you to everybody who listened. Remember to subscribe, tell a friend, and why don't you join us in the UFC on BT Sport Facebook group as well. Thanks very much. We'll be back with... Brian Lace will be back, hopefully, unless this uh, birthday party (laughs) has been a complete disaster. Brian Lace will be back for a post-UFC Stockholm, pre-UFC 238 chat. So um, that's me signing off for this week
1: and uh yeah for me again guys thanks a lot appreciate all the support and uh keep sharing keep sending us love and uh i'll see you guys next week